Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Brother Eddie. Praise the Lord. As I was preparing today's message, I told Brother Eddie, I told Charles it's quite difficult. Uh, just to be clear, I didn't know Brother Eddie is going to share this story. And now I know God has a sure word for us because I'm going to flow with his uh, story. I didn't know. He knows I didn't know. So hang on with me and I will get back to his story at the end of today's sermon. Amen. Today we're going to... Okay, before we start, last two weeks, the first week, Pastor was talking about this new series, I Want to Know Christ. He made a couple of statements. We do know who Christ fully is. So that's why sometimes we don't know who Christ is. And sometimes Jesus is a hard guy to pin down. That was statement number two. Statement number three that Pastor talked about, why we need to fully know Him. And last week, Brother Charles exhorted us and shared with us and talked with us the character of Christ. Now, who can tell me what is one of the character of Christ? Just like a quick recap. Anybody? Just shout out, anybody. One of the character. Brother Charles talked about three characters. Anybody? Amen. Lamb of God. The next one is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And last of all, he talked about He is our Lord. He is our Lord today. Amen. So today's topic, I'm going to carry on in the same series, in the same vine of what we are talking about, all about Christ. And today's topic, which is the uh, title of a movie, The Passion of Christ. Amen. And as I was telling uh, Brother Eddie, Brother Charles, sometimes it's difficult to talk about passion. But the strange thing is, yes, it is difficult to talk about passion, but all of us have passion as well. Throughout our, you know, kids' days to secondary school days, schooling days to working days. We have different passion and we pursue our passion. Am I right to say, once you have found a passion, be it in your schooling days or in your working days, you will relentlessly go about doing it, irregardless of time, irregardless of uh, money, irregardless of uh, whether people want to accompany you or not, and irregardless of how much sweat and blood you're going to put in to pursue this passion. So today, before we start, I want to share with you who Christ is before we talk about the passion of Him. We're going to talk a lot about the gospel, the four gospels. Turn with me to Colossians verse, chapter 1, verse 15 to 20. It says who Christ is. He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things, circle all things, were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority. All things, again it says, all things. When you see the Bible repeat the same thing again and again, that means it's really, really important and really true. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, again, and in Him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might have preeminence. For in Him, all, again, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things. How many alls do we need to have to know that it's all things? 
whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. This is the God in whom we serve. This is the God that we can have comfort and joy and peace to know that He is the Lamb of God. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is our Lord, our God. That's why we sing and we worship Him. We praise Him. You can turn with me to another one. 1 Timothy verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. It says, uh, I'll read for the New King James Version. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That's uh, Paul writing to the letter of uh, Timothy. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy that in me, first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to, to believe on him for everlasting life. Now, to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone, who alone is wise, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the God in whom we serve. Isn't that awesome? This is the God in whom we serve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So before we even dwell on to talk about the life of Christ, we must first know who Christ is. And Brother Charles last week really talked about the characters of Christ. We are not going to pursue something in our passion if we think that the thing that we're going to pursue has no value to us. If it's just, you know, nothing much. But when each and every one of you has a passion, you pursue it rigorously and you know the reason why you pursue it. But the interesting thing is, I was talking to my wife, passion is like fire, right? You need to ignite this fire. And many of us have gone through the plan of salvation and those of us who have not, like what Brother Eddie is doing, reaching out to fellow Christians, reaching out and speaking of the truth. What is the most difficult part about after igniting the fire, after igniting the passion? Anybody? The next most difficult part. I told my wife, but anyway, sustaining the fire. And that is what many of us here are going go through and we will continue to go through in our life. Sustaining of this fire. What is this fuel that sustains us? The natural world needs oxygen to continue to let the fire burn. The elements will continue to heat at the fire that's growing. Elements such as our water, our wind, or simply time. Time passed by without fuel, the fire gets lesser and lesser. And likewise, if that's the natural world, likewise in our real life as well, right? The elements are like cares of the world, career, your children, health, uh, finances. All these things start to bombard you even though you had, you had ignited the fire, the passion in you. And then how do we sustain this throughout? Today, we are going to explore this. And we have a wonderful, amazing role model whose name is Christ. Today, we are going to talk about the passion of Christ. Now, all good things such as, uh, all good uh, accomplishments such as musicians, Mozart's, Beethoven's, uh, soccer players. I'm going to talk about Ronaldo for those who know. Uh, I heard, I didn't know it is true. He's usually the first one in and the last one out. He trained and trained and trained. Yes, we know that we can have talent, 
But if we don't have the passion to sustain us, it is easy to let your talent be put to waste as well. All of these athletes, Olympians, the rollers, the runners, they don't get to where they are simply because of pure talent. They get there because they know they have this passion to do what they want to do really well. Scientists as well. They really are passionate to discover, and I'm just talking about COVID. These scientists really passionate to want to save people because the, I mean, we have, I think, about two or three million deaths right now globally. I was listening to Biden's speech. The number of people who die in COVID is equals to the summation of World War I, World War II, and Vietnam War. That's what he said. So more people die from a natural cause, COVID, than human war. So God really created us, all of us to be passionate, and we can follow after Him because He has set us a role model. Just by reading the four Gospels, we can see that God has an intention for us to live a passionate life, just like what Christ Jesus did when He lived it. He lived it abundantly. He lived it passionately. But before I proceed, John 10.10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to put out the passion in our life for Christ that has been ignited, that has been started, this fire in us. You know, when we came first to Christ, it's always on fire. One, The fire is just burning. What else can I do? What else can I do? What more can I do? Over the years, ah, limbe, limbe here. Ah, chillax, chillax. You know, it's very difficult to sustain and we know it's difficult because the cares of the world keep bombarding in us. Not doing anything. Pass passiveness is something that can really extinguish the passion of Christ in us. So true passion is going to be only centered and driven by Christ. And we are going to talk about it today. What is the fuel and the promise of God to help us sustain, not just ignite, but sustain this passion in us. Jesus Christ is also called the Son of God. He is beloved. He is the beloved one. I'm going to talk about this in Matthew 3, verse 17. And behold, a voice from heaven says, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. God, came robed in flesh 2,000 years ago. He has a plan, He has a purpose, and He's the well-beloved Son. Galatians 2, verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. This is the passion at the start. All of us who have obeyed the plan of salvation knows that Christ lives in us. And the life which I now live in flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. This is sustenance. I live by faith in the Son of God. How? Who loved me and gave Himself for me. His love never fails. We keep singing. His love never fails. His love for us is everlasting. So, before I proceed to, 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 to talk about Christ's ministry, and the promises. I'm going to show you four different um, snapshots 
just a quick summary of the entire gospel, some of the important points that we see. How God Himself, Jesus Christ, have this passion and live passionately on earth. Not just starting from His ministry, but from His birth. Can I have the, the portrait? We're going to talk about four snapshots. Jesus Christ loved His Father's Word. Now, uh, can I show the picture? Who can roughly tell from the picture which aspect of the gospel I'm going to talk about first? This was uh, Jesus Christ when he was young. Mary and Joseph has just celebrated the Passover in Jerusalem. They are now going along back home. In Luke chapter 2, we see this uh, happening. I'll read Luke chapter 2, verse uh, 41 to 50. Uh, follow me. His parents, Joseph and Mary, went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of feasts. When they had finished the day, as they returned, the boy lingered behind in Jerusalem. Now, this is like a pilgrimage, right? They all moved to Jerusalem for this Passover and they all go back to their respective hometowns. And Joseph and his mother did not know because there's so many people, right? But supposing him to be in the company, they went a day's journey. So they left Jesus in Jerusalem. They didn't know. There was one day. And sought him among his relatives and acquaintance. And when they did not find him, which is the parents, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. And this is where we have the, 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 the portrait. Now, so it was after three days they found him in temple. What is he doing? Sitting in the midst of the teacher both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished in his understand, at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to me? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. That's pretty natural. Parents, you know, leave your child at uh, the, the, the shopping mall and you cannot find him. You, you will get anxious. But look at what Jesus said in verse 49, and he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know I must be about my father's business? Can you see Christ's passion just in this statement alone? He's passionate about his father's word, his father's business. This is a 12 years old, huh? 12 years old, studying, listening in the midst of teacher. How many primary school kids love to sit in front of teacher? and want to keep asking questions, not me. I, I didn't want to do that. I just want to sit behind, you know, play and talk with my friends. Recess time is wonderful. Go and eat and play in the playground. I, I, I don't remember myself always asking questions. But this is Christ. He knows what is important. He knows that he must go about his father's business according his passion for the father's word is really enduring. His passion for the Father's teaching. And this is the man Christ Jesus. Colossians 1.15, I'll go back again. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. God came robed in flesh for us. And His passion for His Word did not cease. It continued after that. 18 years later, we know He began His ministry. And that is just a snapshot. He is always after the Father's Word, and we can know 
that we can seek clarity in His Word. We know that His Word is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. He is everlasting as well. Now, you journey with me to the next snapshot. We talk about the Father's Word. Can you have Jesus is also passionate about the Father's house. Oh, I forgot to give you a word picture. The Father's word, right? Uh, that was Jesus Christ. So just to help you relate a little bit, uh, I talk about my, at the start of my uh, journey in TJ. So as I start, Ignite the Fire, very passionate. I put up my hand. So I said, hey, which ministry can I join? So uh, I, was, I was able to join MCube. Yeah. So I was quite diligent in taking notes. I remember like Kieran teach or Charles teach, I take some notes. I still remember yesterday I went to check my telegram. I still have a telegram to, when he tell me the camera, the aperture, which I forgot, uh, sorry, brother Kieran. So the aperture, the, 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 the beat rate, the frame per second, all this, I don't really know, but I need to take notes down. So I was diligently taking notes down when I was starting in the ministry as well. And I have good teachers. I, have, uh, I remember Sean, uh, Sean is not here. Sean was the cameraman who taught me how to use the camera. I think it's uh, Sony F40. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> so it's been a long time. But I know I have good uh, producers, you know, Daryl, Hannah, that has really helped me along the way, back in PSB, back in uh, HQ as well. So I started off very passionate as well. And I took notes, what they teach me, because I don't really know camera photography. So along the way, I was passionate about it, I kickstarted it, and I joined, and I had people who taught me. Now, if we go back to Jesus, the Father's house, Jesus is now at the early stage of His ministry. It is again a few days after, before the Jewish Passover. If you can turn with me to uh, John chapter 2, verse 14. Maybe you flash the picture first. How about this? Familiar? John chapter 2, verse 14, we can see this. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem in the temple. And what he saw? Merchants selling cattle, sheep, doves for sacrifice. And he saw dealers at the table exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them out of the temple. He drove up the sheep and the cattle, scattering the money changers' coins over the floor and turned over their tables. Then going to the peoples who sold dove, he said, get this thing out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remember this prophecy from the scripture. It says, passion from, for God's house will consume me. This disciples remember back what is spoken in the Old Testament of uh, Psalms of David, Psalm 69 verse 9. This is in reference to it. Psalm 69 verse 9 reference back to John chapter 2. It says, Because zeal, passion for your house has eaten me up and the reproaches of those who reproach you has fallen over me. Do you see his passion for his father's house? Amen. Do you see the fire in his? He basically just flipped the table. You know, I'm just, I don't have a table here. But you just, when you're passionate about something, right, you just flip the table or you just push everything down. Something must have driven him, the fire in his eyes. He doesn't want things that is not holy, that is not of God. 
He wants to get rid of all of this. His passion overflow him. That he did, you know, he make a he make a he make a, a rope, a whip out of some rope, and he flips the table and he just tell everybody to get out. And this has been a customized. Huh? I mean, this has been a custom all along. So this is a well-established temple that people are coming in year after year after year. That means the people there has been so used to, to doing such things, selling of animals, exchanging money. And when Jesus Christ came, He was so frustrated, just this passion in Him, that, hey, this is my Father's house. I'm not simply going to just, you know, uh, go through the motion, step into the temple, see that, oh, money changer here, selling kettles and dogs, oh, I, I leave a blind eye and I walk. No, he's so passionate about his father's house. Now, I relate back again to help you relate uh, my, my story about entering N-Cube. Uh, there was this ministry, uh, I think, I think the, 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 the head was shipping. Uh, I was in floor management, floor manager. Long time ago, there was this ministry called floor manager. So I was a uh, floor manager. At the start of it, I didn't dress well. I dressed uh, casual. You know what I mean? I dressed casual. So my job is to not just pass the mic, but also to uh, take, take whatever, whatever the, 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 the preacher needs to, 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 to maybe water whatsoever. So I didn't dress properly. Then somebody told me, hey, this is the Father's house. This, this is the pulpit. You have to respect this. Oh, okay. So I changed to wear more properly. And I thank God for them that they teach me and they reminded me. They could have said, never mind. They could have not said anything. They could have allowed me to wear, maybe starting from jeans, I wear berms. Worse, right? <laughs> so, what I'm trying to tell you, there are people of God here. We know how important the Father's house is. The next snapshot, the next snapshot, can you show it? The, the, the next snapshot. The Father's plan uh, and the picture. This snapshot, journey with me, we're going to talk about a couple of images. The first one, this is the, 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 the one whereby Jesus feeds five thousands with five loaves, two fishes. Amen. And this is immediately following this. We are going to follow uh, Luke chapter 9. All this I'm going to talk about is in Luke chapter 9. It started off with uh, five loaves, two fishes. He provided and fed them. And then... We hear Peter making the greatest confession of who Christ is, uh, who Jesus is. He said, who am I? And then Peter said, the Christ of God. I'm just going uh, according to Luke chapter 9. Huh? And then uh, Jesus starts to talk to them immediately after verse uh, 20. After verse 20, whereby Peter proclaimed that he is the Christ of God. Luke chapter 9, verse 21 and 22. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Now, if you follow me, chapter 9, a few verses before, it was after he'd done great things. He has fed 5,000 just with five fishes, two loaves. No five of those two fishes, and then they were just talking about who is the greatest. He was really just asking his disciple, who do you think I am? And Peter proclaimed, he is the Christ of God. 
Then suddenly a little bit of an anticlimax, he said, I'm actually going to suffer many things. Huh? The Christ of God who is going to suffer many things. If I was Peter, I would have, huh? I just proclaim you to be Christ of God. Now you tell me that you are going to suffer many things and be killed and raised the third day? If it's me, I would be, you know, shocked. Huh? What, what, what's happening? But Jesus knows this passion for His plan must come to pass. And He knows no matter what and how difficult it is, He's going to see it come to pass. Then we follow to chapter, chapter 9, continue on to chapter 9. Jesus came down from the mountain, Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, Peter, James, Peter, James and John was with Him. And they saw Jesus Christ oh, at the Mount of Transfiguration. But as we move on, after the Mount of Transfiguration, after he did some, uh, said some things, after he foretell his death, and after people, you know, this is immediately before the disciples arguing who is the greatest. You know, oh, Jesus had to deal with this kind of people who said, I just shown you trans trans Transfiguration, now you're going to talk about, oh my gosh, who is the greatest among you guys. And Luke chapter 9, we are still in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, to suffer, to die, to rise again, highlight this point. He set his face, his resolve, his determined to make up his mind to go to Jerusalem. He never forgot the plan, his father's plan. He never forgot. In just Luke chapter 9 alone, we see many things happening, starting from him blessing the people, starting from people, Peter proclaiming who he is. He went up to the Mount of Transfiguration and yet he know the plan, his father's plan. He still passionately pursue it. This is Jesus Christ, steadfast, hardening his face to go forth. Now, this is not having a passion to go forth to do something good. I can understand. If you want to win a medal, you want to do well in an exam, you have this passion to go forth to do something good. Now, this is the plan to die. Am I right? This is his father's plan for him to die. He said, yet Jesus Christ set his face off to continue to walk with steadfast conviction and passion to walk to his death. I mean, I don't need to ask you guys to put out a hand who is passionate about dying. You get what I mean? Christ undertook this final journey towards Jerusalem with steadfastness and with the courage that doesn't give him, doesn't require him to think, to ponder, to see whether should I go about doing it or not, it's tough, or no. But he continued to go forth. He continued to, to, to steadfastly set his face towards Jerusalem. And he saw the cross, yet he chose to go forth. He's so passionate about Father's plan. Isaiah 50, chapter 50, verse 7 says, For the Lord God will help me, and He knows. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Listen, this is in reference. Luke chapter 9 is in reference to this. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. A flint is like a stone, a very hard kind of stone. That I know that I will not be ashamed. He cling on 
to the promises of God. He knows the goodness, the mercy, the promises of God. Like what Brother Eddie said, we can cling on to the promise. We know every week is tough, but we can cling on to His promise that we can continue in this journey as disciples, as Christians, as faithful believers that He is going forth. The next one, the next image, uh, we jump all the way from Luke chapter 9 to Luke chapter 24. He's walking to his death, right? Chapter 9, and then we move to chapter 24. It is late at night. Jesus is going to pray in the garden of Gethsemane, and he knows what is going to happen. We see this being referenced. Uh, three of the Gospels reference this. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. And Mark chapter 14, verse 35. They all parallel each other. I'll just read from Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. He continues. Yes, he continues to pray. Yes, it's a difficult thing to walk towards the cross. But Jesus Christ so passionately says, your will, not mine, be done. Matthew talks about the same thing. Mark talks about the same thing. Can you see his passion? He continues to seek God first. He goes to a quiet corner, a quiet, quiet place at night in the garden. And this is just before he's going to be caught. He's going to be uh, trout. He knows there's no way back, but he continues in this journey. He knows the importance of his father's plan and he lives his ministry passionately for it. This is the Son of God. This is the man, Christ Jesus. Abba, Father, more than I want to make a way, make a path away from this suffering, but I know I want your will to be done. And all of us want His will to be done, right? We want His will to be done in our life. Sometimes the things of the world, the cares of life can continue to bombard us. But if we cling on to Jesus Christ, we cling on to God, and we know we have a role model. In, uh, in uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 4, verse 15 to 16, it says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Then we know we are going through difficult times in our life. You know, health issues, finance issues, family issues. It's very difficult to continue to work and live for God. I understand that. All of us has cares in this world. As you step out of the door, the cares for this world will just keep bombarding us. But we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us. Jesus Christ knows that He's going to go to the cross. Yet He steadfastly, with passion, continue to walk and focus on God. Focus on His plan. He knows the importance of His word. He knows the importance of His house. He knows the importance of His plan. And then Hebrews 4, verse 16. We know we have a high priest. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Let us then, all of us, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive grace, we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Exactly what I've said. When we step out, the world will bombard us with cares of this world. Life is difficult. There are still people who are sick. We continue. We continue because we can then draw 
with confidence to the throne of grace. We know we can have this promise that He has given to us. We know that if we walk with Him all the days of our life, we know that He will watch over us and He will protect us. We will find mercy and grace. He has already proclaimed it and we know His word is true. Amen. The next snapshot of what Jesus Christ did. I've talked about, uh, can you say the fourth one? The Father's people. Guys, the Father's people. There's a vision. There's a purpose behind every passion. All of us have a passion, as I said. There's a purpose and a reason. In MCube, before I talk about Jesus, in MCube, you know, I understand they do this filming, it's tiring, it's difficult to set up, to tear down, but we know there's a purpose to broadcast apostolic truth and those who are not able to attend. Some of you might have missed DCD and some of you must have, might have lived uh, next steps teaching or some of the teachings that they used to have. But we know we have the people there to continue to record, to film. Thank you, Charles and Kieran's team. For those who is not able to attend, what is it for? Not for fun, right? There's a reason and there's a purpose for the people. And now look at Jesus, my Father's people. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. And I'll read from the uh, uh, NIV version. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion of them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And this compassion drove Christ to action. It is not passivity. He took action. He knows he wants to be heard a lot of ministry. He heals the lame. He raised the dead, Lazarus. He helps the blind eyes see. He feeds the people with what seems like nothing. And he feeds 5,000 because he loved them. John verse chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. It says, uh, I'll read from the NLT version. Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If, I were, if it were not so, I would, have come, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Do you see Jesus Christ's passion for His Father's people? Ever since the garden, He, will, he just cannot wait to come to the people. And He knows the people matters. Everywhere we go, everywhere we go, we know we can share the gospel. Going back to Brothers Eddie's story, we don't need to intentionally, like he said, make a cold call. That would be like sales call, right? People would be, hey, what's your agenda? But what he did, that was a work uh, meeting that transformed into a discussion about the things that truly matter. Similar to him, uh, I, I, I've been, talk, I've been uh, going to chiropractic. Uh, I have a doctor. Uh, so la last week, he was telling me, so what do I do on Sundays? Because I went to uh, do something on my back. What do I do on Sundays? Also, I attend church. So we start to talk about that, talk about that. And then he, he got more curious and he talks about, uh, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, you're a faithful Christian. So I'm also a faithful Christian. Uh, he's, uh, he's an American. He's from the South, 
if I'm not wrong. So we start to talk about different different churches and what, what they do. So I didn't I don't know where this conversation is gonna to go to. Again yesterday, again I go Saturday to visit him and he's talking to me about uh, so are you gonna be busy on uh, today again? Uh, yes, you know I've uh, I'm I'm in, I'm in ministry so so we talk a little bit. I don't know where it's gonna to go to, but again we continue to speak forth the gospel and share the truth to people. It don't have to be on purpose, cold call, but let every bit of your life, let the passion in you so shine in every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life. And the greatest thing is we know He cares for us. We know He cares for everything that we, 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 we don't have to worry. Like what brother says, we don't have to worry about our needs. God will provide. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Second Peter verse uh, three, chapter three, verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness. This verse always reminds me, God delays are never His denial. Sometimes we think, "Hey God, you promised well. I cannot see, like God cannot see." But according to His perfect timing, if it's His will. We know we can come boldly and ask Him that we can receive grace and mercy. And continue, Second Peter verse three to nine. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. All should come to repentance. First Timothy verse chapter two verse fourteen. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Oh man, every single one of us, our loved ones, our family, we can see God really is passionate. Jesus Christ is passionate about His Father's Word. I'll summarize again. Can you show the, the whole summary? He's passionate about the Father's Word. He's passionate about the Father's house. He's passionate about the Father's plan. He's passionate about the Father's people. All these snapshots, which I've just shown you, throughout the Gospel, we show why and how passionate God is. The man Christ Jesus, the beloved Son of God, is so passionate about things that matters to the Father. Now we move on to the next part. Again, I said it's easy to ignite the fire. Of course, those who have not ignited, we know we can reach out to our family and friends and guests here. We have UTBs. We can help you to, to, to open up your understanding about, about Christ. Like what Brother Eddie said, immediately chapter 8, you can talk about chapter 7 as well, or if you want, chapter 1. Better still, Genesis. So we have these tools to help guests and friends here or people who are watching online who really wants to know the gospel and why we are so passionate about this, this entire thing. Then the next thing I'm going to jump is, now we have this passion for those of us who has been living for Christ, how do we sustain and how do we uh, maintain the fire from burning? In the, in the circular world that I work in, the buzzword now is sustainability. We have uh, EV, we know Tesla is coming, we have all the things that is going to happen, how to sustain you know, uh, the, the energy, climate change, all these things are the buzzword right now. You just anyhow bomb this buzzword while people will love really. Sometimes I don't really know what I'm talking about, but that sustainability, energy saving, EV, people will love it now. Like, not everybody understand, right? But 
And the gist of it is to sustain the power, the sustain this passion, this, this fire that is in us already. So what is the, our use fuel? What is the fuel that will help to sustain this passion of Christ in us? And we are going to see again the role model, Jesus Christ, how He's consistently, sustainably leading His life with passion. Remember, back then, 2,000 years ago, He wore the same flesh as us. We are talking about the man Christ Jesus. Okay. There's two things Jesus Christ did to keep the flame of passion burning. The first thing came from what He knew. What He knew. Now, turn with me to John, um, John chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. John chapter 13, verse 1 to 3, I'll read from the NIV version. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew. Can you underline it? I'm reading from the NIV version. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Amen. The evening meal was in progress and the devil was already prompt, has, had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon's uh, Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Next thing, Jesus knew, underline that, that the Father has put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Now imagine this, this, this entire verse. Jesus knew. He knew who he was. He knew where he was going. And he knew his purpose. He knew who is God. He knew who he was. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He knew where he's going. He's going back. Amen. And he knew his purpose for his people. He loved them to the end. He knew all this. Jesus, Jesus has a vision for the reason that he's here. This passionate reason is to defeat sin, to conquer the grave, to fulfill God's plan, and to finish his work and bring God's people back home. His passion was fueled by what he knew. He knew all these things, and that kept him propelled. That is the fuel that he knew, all these things. And we know, we know who we are. Brother Charles talked about it. We know who we are. We are the children of God. We know that he's character and his character never fails he is the lamb of god who took away the sin of the world he is the alpha the omega the beginning and the end he is the lord god in whom we sing holy 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 lord god almighty acts 4 verse 10 to 12 says let us be known to you all and to all the people of israel that by the name of jesus christ of nazareth whom you crucified whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man stands here before you whole. This is the story. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. And this verse, verse 12, Now, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be named. And we know who this name is. We know 
His name, Jesus Christ. And we know we are the children of God. We are the children of God. That we can come to Him. That He is Christ. The next thing that helps Jesus continue to fuel or the passion or the, the, the fuel that continue to power His passion is this. He knew what He did. He knew what He did. Turn with me to Luke chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. He knew what He did. Luke chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. But now even more the report about Him went abroad. He did a lot of signs, miracles and wonders. And great crowds gathered to hear Him and to be healed of their infirmities. But He would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Now, this is something that Jesus knew, but He also did something. What did He do? From this we know, yes, He did a lot of things, right? If it's circular, we know that, wow, all the fame, all the glory, all the power comes to me because I did so many signs, wonders, and miracles. Wow! If it's circular, people, if it's us, our fleshly desire. But Jesus Christ withdraw to desolate places and pray. And this power of what He did is, He continued to maintain His connection to God. He continued to put His eyes on God and not let the, the, the things that is in this world tempt him and draw him away. He has just healed people. Huh? He has just done miracles, signs and wonders. Can you imagine with me? If it's a normal person in this world, we know people will proclaim, post on YouTube, wow, follow me. I'm the best and I'm the greatest. Nobody's going to, hey, wait, I need to go and pray. I need to go back and uh, pray. How many people is going to do that? People will proclaim their own righteousness. We have seen that many, many times. But Jesus Christ set such a role model for us. He went to withdraw to desolate places and pray. And just before His death, we know He at the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed, He prayed and prayed. That is after people were proclaiming Him as Christ Jesus in Luke chapter 9. He continued to maintain his connection to God. Because as you continue to read and read, right, you will realize in the entire gospel, four for gospel, Mark, Matthew, Luke, John, what God is always doing. He continued to maintain his connection with God. Even at the beginning of his ministry, I talk about the father's word. When he was 12 years old, he goes about his father's business. He was also attacked by the evil one immediately after, before he began his ministry. 40 days up, the enemy tempted him. But Jesus said to the devil, You shall worship the Lord your God and Him only you shall serve. That was what He told the enemy when He was being uh, tempted in the wilderness. And then He was brokenhearted. He was disappointed. He's always worried. About, he, he's concerned about the people. He's concerned about the church. And then when He was about to die, He said in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, at the cross, Then Jesus calling out with a loud voice, even at his death, at the cross at Calvary, he says, he says this, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. This is Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Look at his passion. Look at what he did. He didn't just 
talk only, no action. Because just now I said the power came from what he knew. Many of us knew. We know, but a lot of times, sometimes in the things in our world, we talk only, no action. It sounds familiar, right? It sounds familiar because it's true. Sometimes I do that as well. This fuel that powers him for his passion, two things must go together. From what he knew and what he did, action, sacrifice is nothing without obedience. I can, the Shema, right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Here carries with it a desire to take the action, to go forth and obey the plan of salvation. I cannot say I believe in my heart I'm saved, but we have UTB will teach you the plan of salvation. We have to obey, be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. So not just what, from what he knew, but this power came from what he did. So twin power, twin booster, like a car. Twin booster. Just, just, just imagine with me. And Luke chapter 22, verse 29. Luke chapter 22, verse 29. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olive, and the disciple followed him. This is him going about, continue to maintain, as I said, maintain connection with the Father. This was when it was darkest, and it was the most difficult. And sometimes we know when life gets tough, we go through the valley. But amen, Psalms 23. He's with us, His rod and His staff, He's comfort us, that even though we walk through the shadow of the valley of death, he is always with us. He has never left us nor forsaken us. And we can see the, the passion of Christ in it. He continued to do what is necessary. I jump forth. After this, after we've seen the portrait of how Jesus Christ lived passionately, and after that we talk about the power, the fuel, the two fuel, the twin boosters. The power is what he did and what he knew. Next, I'm going to go to the last part, the promise. Amen. Brother Eddie talked about it, the promise. We can cling on to the promises. We know how tough last week was. We know how difficult it is. But he has promised us he will walk with us throughout the entire week. The promise that we can see, I'll turn to Romans chapter 8 to see what's the promise. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. I'll read from the Message Bible. Roman, yes, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. I read from the Message Bible. God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same line as the life of His Son. Amen. The Son stands first in the line of humanity restored. We, set, we see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Him. The promise is that you and I can live the exact same kind of life Jesus Christ lived. Amen. Can I have an amen, please? Amen. We know that it's hard to do about, go about doing it, but we have a role model. Hebrews 4 already said, Hebrews 4, we do not have a high priest who doesn't sympathize with us. But when we know that, we can come boldly to His throne of grace. God wants each and every one of us to grow. Ephesians 4 verse 15. Again, I read, from the, I'll read part of it from the Message Bible. Like Christ in everything, we take our lead from Christ. Amen. Who is the source of everything we do. 
in Ephesians 4 verse 8, 6, 15, I'll read from the, uh, yeah, that's from the Message Bible. We take the lead from Christ. We know we have a good role model. That's why I'm trying to bring all of us to. We have a Christ who sets a wonderful example for us to go about doing it. Philippians verse, chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that the truth and His promise for us continue to sink in. We can see God's plan for us and we can see that God wants us to grow up in Christ in everything. John verse 14, 12, verse 14, chapter 14, verse 12, NLT says, follow with me this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same work I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my Father. This is Jesus Christ telling to the disciples. Verse 12, this is verse 12, context of what's going to follow after verse 12. He says, whoever asks in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, which is according to His perfect will, I will do. His will will be done and we can come boldly to Him. His will will be done. Hebrews 4 verse 16, I'll reference it again. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. So, John 14 verse 12, what is this greater thing? I thought Jesus Christ did a lot of things already, right? I asked myself, what is this greatest thing? I don't really know what is this greatest thing. And Jesus says, we have everything that we need to live a life just like Jesus Christ. And all those who are saved have this thing, the Holy Spirit which is residing in us. This all-powerful, never confused, never taken by surprise, God living inside of us. Amen. And we know this greater thing is sharing the gospel of salvation. I go back to, again, I told you, I didn't know his story. I didn't know Brother Eddie's going to share his story. But look, when he exhorted us, when he helped us and start this uh, sermon, he talks about Melissa. Melissa. He shared the gospel in the midst of his work. And I know some of the young people in the midst of your school, you could be sharing the gospel. In the midst of talking with your colleagues, you could be planting seeds. And that is definitely the will of the Father. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We claim that the prayers that we just now prayed for Brother Eddie, that he will continue to speak forth the truth, the gospel to his colleague. Romans 12 verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. The potential that is inside us to lead passionately and work passionately in Christ Jesus is in us. The Holy Spirit stirs up in us. Romans 12, right? It says keep. Just now was NIV. Yes. I'll read the NKJV. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Continuing this fervent, this, this keeping. What is this keeping? That we, this, this passion. Keep means can lose, right? You can lose your passion. And I said, sustainability, how we can lose our passion and how we can sometimes just let the world 
the elements of the world. Just now when I said, right, uh, you know, I go to campfire, bonfire, you know, we start the fire, you know, it, it's satay, right, or barbecue. It's the igniting the fire that everybody's trying to find out uh, how to start the fire. But once the fire has started, keeping the fire flaming, burning, barbecuing, eating your nice satay, it takes a lot of work. But God created every one of us to be passionate. But again, the elements of the world in these uh, this instances that I talk about, water, wind, or sometimes people just, uh, you know, over time and never put in the fuel, the stove, the charcoal, whatever to keep the fire from burning. It will just, it will just go out and extinguish. And in our world, we have pressure, we have worries, we have stress, we have failures, and just normal busyness. These elements are the ones that we cannot see, but keeps bombarding us every single day, the moment we step out of here. They will just suck the life out of the passion in us. Just like what oxygen, without oxygen, the fire will extinguish. We need this oxygen to keep and sustain us. So just now I talk about Jesus he knew what he did, the power, and he knew who he was. So likewise, we can do the exact same thing. How to sustain our passionate life for Christ comes from remembering what we know. God will remind us. Just now I was reading chapter verse John 14, right? John 14 verse 12. Just now I was reading verse 12. It says, greater things and even greater things because I'm going to be my father. Chapter 14, you go down with me to verse 26. This is exactly what I'm talking about. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and catch this, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Amen. Amen. Not just knowing. He knows. Sometimes we forget. I have a forgetful mind but He, the Holy Spirit, will bring to your remembrance all things that I've said unto you. He knew. Jesus Christ knew. And sometimes we will also know. If I reference back to John 10.10, 10, the thief does not, come to, does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus Christ came that they may have life, that they may have it more abundantly. We can remember those of us who are born again in the wonderful name of Jesus. We can be like Christ who know. 1 John 3 verse 1, uh, NIV version. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is who we are. The reason the world does not who us is, is that it did not know Him. We know who we are. Christ know who He is and we know who we are. I'm going to keep asking this question. Who are we? Paul says, 2 Corinthians verse 5 to 17. 2 Corinthians verse 5 to 17. Who are we? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When we are born again in the wonderful name of Jesus, baptized, by His Spirit, we know we are the new creation. The old man has passed away and behold, the new has come. Again, who are we? First John chapter 2, verse 12. I'm writing to you, dear children, 
We are the children of God. Because your sin has been forgiven. The song we sing, at the cross, at the cross. I can't sing, but you know what I mean. The blood ran red and the sins washed away. Your sin has been forgiven on account of His name. Who are we again? 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people. I know Kids Church talked about this last week, if I'm not wrong. Amen. That you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now, but now, the people of God who has not obtained mercy, but now has obtained mercy. Amen. We are the children of God. We are the people of God. If you look at 1 Peter 2, 9, we reference it back to Hebrews 4, 16. We can come to Him. God knows what we need. Come boldly to Him to seek His grace and mercy in times of need. The verse says, in times of need. Yes, all of us have need. Health problems, financial problems, family problems. But we know with the Spirit in us, remembering the promises and leading on Him, this passion will continue to go. Again, I ask, who are we? If we, mem if we truly remember and we believe what we know and who we are, this passion will continue to rage. Amen. Just now, Jesus Christ said, he knew uh, the power came from what he knew. He also knew where he's going. Amen. And this is so important. This is so important. Revelation 21, verse 1 to 5. Yeah, Revelation 21, verse 1 to 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for his for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. Amen. We know where we are going. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And the God and God Himself will be there with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall come no more. We know sometimes, you know, we cry the things that has happened in our life. Tears keep coming down from us. But we know who we are. We know where we are going. We have a high priest who sympathize with us. Neither shall there be any mourning. I continue reading. Nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former thing has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne says, Behold, I am making all things new. We are his new creation when we obey His plan of salvation. And He said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Don't you find assurance when Christ says this? His words are trustworthy and true. If that is true, that means everything that God has spoken to us in the Bible is true. And the Word of God will not return void. That means Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, who has, liked his, who has lived His ministry for us, living passionately, we focus with eyes on Christ and that is true and we know where we are going and we know who we are. Oh my goodness, 
chills is running down my spine. Why don't we, why don't we close our eyes and lift our, head, lift our hands to God, Lord? Why don't we pray and thank Him, Lord Jesus, Lord? Lord, we know, Lord Jesus, who we belong to, Lord. We know, Lord Jesus, we belong to You and we know where we are going. We know what we are doing. We know, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, this, Lord Jesus, Lord, this, all this shall come to pass, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, You have never left us, Lord Jesus. Your promises is true, Lord Jesus, Lord. You, Lord Jesus, are our Lord, our God, and we can turn to you, crying out, Abba, Father, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, we know you sustain us, Lord. We know, Lord Jesus, in you we can cry out, Lord Jesus, Lord, that every shadow of the valley of death, we can turn to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know we belong to you. We are the children of God. Amen. We know this. We know more importantly as well, not just who we are, not just where we are going, but why we are here. Look at this. Why are we here? Ephesians 2 verse 10. I'm going to read Ephesians 2 verse 8 because many times it's misquoted. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone shall boast. This is verse 8 and 9. But continue. Verse 10. For we are His workmanship. In another translation, it says, we are God's masterpiece. All of us are God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk with Him. What are the greatest things in John chapter 14? The greatest thing is when we share the good news, the reason and the purpose and His plan of salvation, His reason. Jesus Christ shared His plan because of the people. Cube, the ministry that I was in, they do this because to broadcast apostolic truth for people who might not be able to watch it right now. I don't know who's going to watch this one year, two year, three year later. I don't know. But God has a plan and has a purpose that we are created. We are His masterpiece created for His good works which God prepared beforehand. And John chapter 17, verse 18. Look at the Message Bible. John chapter 17, verse 18 says, In the same way that you gave me a mission in this world, I gave them a mission in this world. Look guys, we have a plan. We have a plan. We have a purpose. We have a reason why we are here to do according to God's perfect plan. Turn with me to the Great Commission. I'm sure many of you know. Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20 and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authorities has been given to me in heaven and on earth isn't it comforting to say that all authority has been given to Christ Jesus look at this verse 28 chapter 28 verse 19 many of you already know go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the wonderful name the name of the Father of the Son of the Holy Spirit Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Remembering, knowing, and observing, which is doing. Can you see how all these things come together? This passion that is in us can both be ignited when we share the gospel to the unsaved, to our friends and families, and can be maintained by the Holy Spirit that is in us to go forth when we have a vision, when we have a plan according to His will. And the best part is, verse 20, 
I am with you always. Amen. How many of you want to fight this battle alone? No, right? But we know God is with us always, even to the end of age. Isn't it comforting? Amen. Isn't it comforting that we can have this passion in us that is ignited in us, that it can, can be sustained in us when we know who God is, for we know who we are. We know where we are going. We know who we are. We know why we are here. All these things has a purpose when we focus on the eternal. I didn't, um, I had a care group meeting on uh, Friday. I didn't know it is so coincidental if you, you know, Brother Eddie or Brother Shen can remember the first verse that I shared, Colossians 3, verse 1 to 2. Boom, this really just sent chills down. They, they know that I shared this verse. Colossians 3, verse 1 to 2. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. And verse 2, set your mind on things above and not on the things of earth. If we focus on eternal, guys, Jesus Christ came and be the best role model every one of us can be by showing how he had lived passion. That is man, the man Christ Jesus. How he has lived passionately for things that matters to the Father. Either is it his plan, his holiness, his house, the people, and focusing on his word and propagating his word. If we continue to do that and letting the Holy Spirit that is in us, for those who are born again, to dwell in us, that greater things will come to pass as and when we focus on the things that matters. We can then be God's hand and feet. Romans 10, 15. And how are we? How are they to preach unless they are sent? Romans 10, 15. How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good name. Amen. Look at what Brother Eddie did just from a normal conversation. He expounded to talk about UTB chapter 8, baptism, the necessity of baptism. And we know that we are the children of God. Amen. God has a vision for all of us. Truly, 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 as I said again and again, God has a vision for us. And sometimes, I reiterate, we can, have, like the, we can allow the initial passion in us to rob us away. But when we focus on the eternal things that truly matters, focus on who we are. I have heard a lot of sermons about talking, who are we? Who are we? We are the children of God. We are truly the children of God. And where are we going? If you have, isn't it nice to know at the end of a day, hard working day, no matter how tough your schoolwork is, no matter how tough uh, colleagues are, no matter how difficult your work is, you go back to a place called home. Amen. If we in the circular world know the goodness of that, how good is it when we know after all this is done, we have a place, a heavenly place that the Father has prepared many rooms, it says, for us, that He is with us there, that there is no more tears. We can cry for the people who has died, who has passed away, for the loved ones who are sick, who are suffering from cancer, 
that the people that we are praying for on Tuesdays, tears continue to roll down. But that place in Revelation 1, that place has no tears. Every tears is wiped away, that there will be joy, that there will be goodness, that there will be, hallelujah, Lord, there will be praise and worship all the days, every day, there for eternal and eternal. And eternal. If you remember about uh, the rope illustration, the, the long rope goes ever ending. We are just at a very small portion of life here. So while we know where we are going and while we know who we are, why don't we go about God's plan for us? Yes, we need, realistically, we need to make money, to live, we need to study, to progress ourselves. But in the midst of all this, when we say and prioritize God to be at the center of everything we do, Amen. Stephen uh, Covey, Stephen Stephen Covey, maybe the book, the author, of the author of the very famous book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said this: the key is not to prioritize what is on your schedule. Life is tough. As I said, you need to make finances. You need to have food to eat. You need to study to grow to mature, but to schedule your priorities. Is not to prioritize what's on your schedule. Your schedule will never end. Cares of this world, things of this life will never end. You earn your first hundred bucks, you want earn the next thousand bucks. And it continues again and again. You've got uh, manager role, you want to be a general manager role. You score 200 points, you want to score 300 points. It will never end. But when you, prior, when you schedule your priorities and know what truly, truly matters, the it, things that matters are things that have eternal implication. Amen. Look, every vision in Proverbs, 20, uh, Proverbs 29, verse 18, uh, I'll read the King James Version. When there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law Happy is he. Amen. King Solomon, the wisest man, already said this before Stephen Coffin talked about this, about priorities. Sometimes we know we have no vision and we think that we have no vision, but there is already there. We who are the people of God, this vision gives us significance to the otherwise cares of this world. There is going to be cares of this world. I'm not saying that they are not important, but you need to know why we are here doing what we are doing. Religion is when passion has no purpose. Amen. Religion is when passion has no purpose. And then it goes down to legalism and everything else. And then you just come, clap, clap, go back, listen to me talk, which is not very nice. So if it is just passion without any purpose, then what's the point of all this? But if passion has purpose, that becomes a relationship with Christ. And we know who we are. My, ch my children know who they are, who they belong to. My children know after a hard day work, they go back to the home. We know who we are. We know where we are going. And what's the purpose? God has given us the greatest commission beyond anything to speak forth the gospel, to teach and go and make disciples of all nations. Amen. 
We see this time and time and time again. We know that this, this power that is in us to live for God can be so passionate in us. Hebrew, I'll repeat again, John 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you. Can I have the summary table? Uh, all the way. Do you have the summary table? Uh, yep, yep, yep. All the way, all the way to the back. Uh, Any more? Yes, we have seen the portrait, we have seen the power, we have seen the promise. And we know who we are, we know where we are going, we know why we are here. We can continue to maintain our connection with God. I'll end off with verse 15, 1 to 5. Can you stand with me? Verse 15, John chapter 15, verse 1 to 5. I will read from the NIV version. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that you'll be even more fruitful. Amen. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me. Jesus is saying this. Remain in me. The Holy Spirit that dwells in us, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. We don't sustain this passion by us, by willpower. Willpower will fail over time. It can only sustain you for a little while. We need the everlasting fire in us, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Why don't you lift your hand? We thank God, Lord Jesus. We thank God for firstly knowing who we are, Lord Jesus, Lord. We thank God, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you, Lord Jesus, came and died for the cross, on the cross for us, Lord Jesus, Lord, that we know, Lord Jesus, that we are the children of God, Lord Jesus, that all these things, Lord Jesus, we have done, Lord Jesus, Lord, in your name, Lord Jesus, that you sustain us, Lord Jesus, you prune us, you guide us, you lead us, you have provided for us, Lord Jesus, Lord, that this provision, Lord Jesus, will overflow, Lord Jesus, beyond our understanding, Lord. You have prepared, Lord, a place for us in heaven, Lord Jesus, Lord, when it's time for us to go, Lord Jesus. But meanwhile, Lord Jesus, we know you have a plan for us. We know you have a vision and a purpose for us, Lord Jesus, that we can turn to you, Lord, that you are the source of life. You are the life giving vine, Lord Jesus. You are, Lord Jesus, Lord, the true vine, Lord Jesus, Lord, that we can be sustained by you, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you, Lord Jesus, Lord, who begin a good work in us will complete it, Lord Jesus, Lord, that as we go forth, Lord Jesus, Lord, that when we turn, Lord Jesus, Lord, and when we return to home, we can proclaim like what Paul says, we have fight the good fight of faith, Lord Jesus, Lord. We have finished the race and we have kept the faith, but until then, Lord Jesus, Lord, let us continue to sow and reap, Lord Jesus, Lord. Like what Lord Jesus Eddie said, we will continue to sow and then we will fall on good grounds, Lord Jesus. Lord, we plant, Lord Jesus. We water, Lord Jesus. But you, God, gave the increase, Lord Jesus. Use every man, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, use every person here, Lord Jesus. 
guests and friends and saints, Lord, people who are watching online. Use them, Lord Jesus, throughout this week, Lord Jesus, and weeks after weeks after weeks, Lord. Use them, Lord, to proclaim your word, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, at your protection over them, Lord Jesus, as they go about my Father's business, Lord Jesus, our Father's business, Lord Jesus, you will anoint them, Lord. You will provide for them, Lord, that every cares, Lord Jesus, Lord, we know we can turn to you, that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will be with us, that we go about your business, that when we ask, Lord Jesus, when we seek, we will find, when we knock, it shall be answered, for you are the door, Lord Jesus, you are the great shepherd, Lord Jesus, you are the great I am, and we know, Lord Jesus, we belong to you in Jesus, name. Amen, Lord Jesus. Why don't we, if it's appropriate, Lord Jesus, pray for your neighbours. If it's appropriate, lay hands on them, Lord. Help them, Lord Jesus, be brought into remembrance, Lord, that the Jesus Christ, the Spirit lives in us, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus, illuminate truth in us, Lord Jesus, and guide us, Lord, as we go about this week, that we will prioritise, Lord Jesus, things that matters, Lord, things that matters to God, Lord, for we know, Lord Jesus, Lord, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us. We do have to worry about needs. We know God hears every prayer that in His due season, He will answer our prayer, Lord, that we know, Lord, His promises, Lord Jesus, Lord, is not slack, it's not long, it's, but it's all long-suffering, Lord Jesus, that it will come to pass in His perfect timing, Lord Jesus, Lord, that there will be healing, Lord Jesus, in Sister Cheryl, Lord Jesus, in the people, Lord Jesus, who are undergoing cancer, Lord Jesus, Lord, that there will be divine deliverance, Lord Jesus, to our friends and our people, Lord Jesus, who doesn't know Christ, Lord Jesus, like Michelle, like the like doctor, Lord Jesus, taught, Lord Jesus, that the people we are ministering to, Lord, Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, you hear, Lord Jesus, the prayer Lord Jesus, of the righteous, Lord Jesus, Lord. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous will avail much, Lord. We cling on to the promises that there will be the deliverance, Lord, to those who doesn't know you, Lord Jesus, who will hunger and thirst for your righteousness, Lord Jesus. Let this passion continue, Lord Jesus, to be sustained and maintained in every saint here, Lord Jesus, Lord. For those who watch online, Lord Jesus, Lord, sustain them, Lord Jesus, Lord, that they will know, Lord Jesus, this is an everlasting fire that will never be quenched, Lord. That the things of the enemy that throws against us, that when we put on the armor of Christ, Lord Jesus, Lord, we will come against everything, Lord Jesus, for we war not against flesh and blood, but against principality, against power over things of this world. But we know we have a high priest who knows and we can turn to that he is the Lord, our God, that we know, Lord Jesus, we can trust in him and his word, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I know, Lord Jesus, that you are God, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Lord, that you are the King of kings, the Lord of Lord, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, Lord. All glory to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord, that we know we will go to a place that will be no more tears, Lord, that there will be deliverance to our parents, Lord Jesus, to our siblings, Lord Jesus, for those we love, Lord Jesus, Lord. Open up every door of opportunity that we can minister, Lord, to our friends, to our classmates, to our colleagues, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised, Lord Jesus. Let this fire of passion burn in us, Lord Jesus, continuously, Lord Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. 
Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. We commit, Lord Jesus, everybody here into your hands, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, restore strength and virtue, Lord Jesus, as they go home, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray you sustain them, Lord Jesus, Lord, that it will be an everlasting fire, Lord Jesus, Lord, that this passion will burn in us, for we know you are the Lamb of God, Lord Jesus, for we know you are the Almighty First and the Last, the Alpha and Omega, and we know you are our Lord, our God, Lord Jesus, in whom we trust Lord thank you Lord Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah Lord Jesus amen Lord Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord Jesus I felt a very strong presence of God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Lord I'll end up with another Psalms just, just, just thought of it Psalms 51 Verse 10 to 13. This is King David talking about it. Create in me a clean hand, a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. And then I will teach transgress, transgression your way and sinners shall be converted to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.